Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Plot Lines. I'm your host, Connor, and this is going to be a really fun episode. I mean, it's always fun when Darren's here, but of course, we have Darren here. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about an element of culture. We're going to be talking about a uh, person of interest. We're going to be talking about season one of that series. I think it's fun to look back at old shows, and I'm I'm watching it right now, so I didn't watch it previously uh but darren had and darren turned me on to uh the series so thank you darren for that and welcome back to the show ah thank you uh so yeah i've seen the show probably two or three times it's one of my uh more favorite television shows it provides a lot of stuff to kind of think about and consider um to just give a brief synopsis of the show for people who haven't seen it um, so the leader of the others from Lost builds this uh, computer software program that can basically see everything that's happening. And the, the idea is that then he's going to go out and like try to save people or stop violent crimes from happening. And so in order to do this, he recruits the help of Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, and that's kind of, that's basically how the show begins. <laughs> yeah, he, he recruits Jesus, also known as Jim Caviezel. <laughs> uh, that's great that you're. Um, it, I I can only think of him as Jesus too, so it just seems uh, perfect. Right. Um, well, we're gonna watch the uh, trailer for the first season to get us into the right headspace. See if I can pull it up. Um, oh, right. It's a little low on volume. Yeah. You are being watched. The government has a secret system. A machine that spies on you every hour of every day. I know because I built it. I designed the machine to detect acts of terror, but it sees everything. Violent crimes involving ordinary people, people like you. Crimes the government considered irrelevant. They wouldn't act, so I decided I would. But I needed a part. I've been watching you for a long time, Mr. Reese. I know about the work you used to do for the government. I know about the doubts you came to have about that work. I think you and I can help one another. Driver's licenses, credit cards, six cover identities, just like when you were with the agency. And all of these numbers represent loss of chances. Do something. Relax. I'm on it. I was building the government a tool of unimaginable power. This other guy. This guy. He's like a professor. He's got uh, glasses and high dollar vocabulary. Why me? I know exactly everything about you, Mr. Reese. I know that the government, along with everybody else, thinks you're dead. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell anybody about you. 12 August 2008. Too late. So, yeah. that is that. Yeah, most of those, most of the scenes are from the pilot episode and that trailer too. That makes sense. I feel like most uh, pilot episodes are like that. Where, like uh, what? 
where or sorry not pilot episodes most trailers most first trailers are showing mostly only the uh the from the pilot episode yeah. well part but, of that is because so little of it has actually been shot but also like they don't want to give away the whole season yeah in, in the trailer darren have you seen burn notice i have that's another good show yeah okay. maybe we'll have to review <laughs> burn notice uh, it's not it's not as fancy as this one, but yeah. Well, that's because it. I I like to think it's, of person of interest as somewhat a. Uh, it's slower paced. Slower paced, and also it's like a cheaper television. And well, it's, it's the, one of those USA Network. Exactly. Once back so. when they made good TV. Yeah, they, they well, actually, actually did do some good TV shows. Back when everyone did these okay TV, and well, not everyone, yeah. Yeah, but. Not everyone. Uh, just tell me so I know going forward. Do the f- later seasons become woke? Because I know we, it sort of gets into that woke phase. So the thing is, is that so this this television series ran from 2011 to 2016 mm-hmm. is is the time frame that it's running. Um, and so I think the the overall theme of the show stays kind of true, but some of the elements um if you're asking me that question i know that there's a particular episode that you have not gotten to yet <laughs> okay <laughs> because there is there is one particular episode that you would not be asking me that question if you you had already gotten to it well, um, there is one episode that is uh oh, much more liberal in the second season that i have okay, gotten so, to okay so maybe maybe you have already seen it what i'm alluding to but yeah. so i would say that I don't think that it ever tries to get woke, but I will say that I think it there's, there's elements in there that are are still going to be, it's not trying, I don't think it's trying to be woke, but I do think that it it is trying to um, gain market share in that, if if that makes sense, like there's still, Mm -hmm. it's still going to try to uh, create these subplots within, within the story to kind of make it look like it, it gets what's going on in the modern culture kind of thing. Um, so, so I don't know, I don't know that I would necessarily refer to that as completely woke because mm-hmm. from my standpoint, like for it to be woke, it would have had to, I mean, beyond just the way that it's dealing with maybe certain relationships, it would have had to um, really make it sound like, Oh, we'll see these, we can't allow these particular people getting power and control. Like it never really, it doesn't get woke in a very political sense. It, it might be, you might consider it woke in a, in a relational sense, like the way that they kind of um, adjust some of the relationships, but it's not, it's not really, it's such a, it's such a small piece of it that it can be easily kind of glossed over. Gotcha. Well, anyways, well, we're trying to stay away from the uh, future seasons for this episode, yeah. but uh, good to know. I'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, it's interesting, also, just because Jim Caviezel is the star of the show. Yep. So I I would expect good things, at least um, to some degree, if he's attached to the project. Given- but also remember that this is a mainstream show on CBS. 
So there's, there's, he's got he's got little control over some of that stuff. <laughs> sure, but like I just would think that he wouldn't do. He he's he's not going to do anything that that would look that would that would be against his character or would be you know weird. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's just uh, it is kind of funny seeing Jesus in a spy. Uh, Jesus is a spy, and he mm-hmm. uh, he looks um, or Jim Caviezel looks very looks very funny homeless in the first episode. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time we get to see him with a beard unfortunately yeah well what's funny to me is he uh interacts with finch in the first episode and then he meet and then he basically says no i don't want to work with you and then he shaves which i'm like why wouldn't he why would he have shaved at the right then i would have thought if he was still intent on drinking himself to death basically he wouldn't have bothered shaving yeah i don't know i don't know i think I don't know why they did that. Um, I think, I think a little bit. I think some of the gaps in that timeline probably get a little bit better understood as the season progresses. Um, mm-hmm. Have you? I'm trying to think. In the second season, have you met an agent Donnelly yet? Yes. Okay. Um, have they went to a town called New Rocheport yet? Is that the one in like the West Coast? That it's in New York. Oh. Okay. You haven't got you may not have gotten to that episode where it really kind of details um kind of what happened like the the complete fallout between uh his Jim Caviezel's character Reese and his uh former flame. Yeah, I mean we know I know how what happened to her. Right. Okay, but I don't know But you don't know how that got resolved? No, I do. I mean, I know what, uh, how he dealt with the situation. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's so, so in the pilot, what's coming up is that he's, I mean, it's really, I mean, that's what he's dealing with is the grief that he was too late to help resolve that situation. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, you could say that, yeah, he was kind of resolved to do that. But at the same time, like getting arrested, then getting put up in a ho- like most likely the hotel was put up to him by Finch's character. We probably got a hotel room, right? He was a yeah. bum on a train. So it might have been it might have been more of just a I mean, you know, it might have been more just a simple kind of just mechanism of like, OK, I'm getting somebody's helping me do this stuff. I'll go ahead and shave now while I have the chance, while I have the, you know, things afforded to me. Yeah. So it's not really a symbolic of him. He's, uh, I mean, I thought it could also be symbolic of him becoming more interested in, in living. Yeah. It, it might be, but I don't, I don't, I think it's, I, I don't really think that that was what the intention was. I think it's just, they wanted to start him out showing him a bum and then they wanted to end the show with him being, and they, he's going to have to shave at some point during the episode. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. I think it's just a, a, a factor of convenience rather than a, um, like meant to be a, a bigger symbolic gesture yeah. of things. Otherwise I think they would have had him shave after that scene in the hotel. Gotcha. 
they do a great job in the first episode in the pilot of setting up all the characters and putting them in there in the spots that they're going to be in the future. Uh, what do you think of Detective Fusco and uh, his dirty cop to sort of undercover storyline? I think I think uh, I think Fusco is probably uh, Fusco is basically the same story as Jim Caviezel's character. Except he's not like a special agent, <laughs> <laughs> like he's not like trained special military or anything like that. He's just, I think, I think one of the ways, um, I think one of the ways that they really are trying to show that character is that he. I mean, I think you've kind of seen enough of it where he kind of ex- explains how he kind of got involved in the life as a dirty cop. Mm-hmm. As just he made one decision, and that decision led to another decision. And before long, he was, that's just who he was. And it wasn't something that he necessarily intended to try to become. It's just he kind of fell into it. Yeah. And so I think that's, um, I think that's something that, uh, I, I think, it, I think it's a little bit more of an ordinary thing. I think talking about Fusco, we have to kind of talk about the fact that the, one of the underlying themes of the show in general is, is redemption. And so, and so Fusco is just another character that helps highlight that underlying theme that the show is about giving people second chances or, or, or helping people, you know, and even, I mean, so the thing about the numbers that come up when they get the number selected, they don't know if it's a perpetrator or they don't know if it's a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is one of the most interesting aspects of the show because in a lot of shows, or I guess in possible other shows with similar ideas or similar plots, you might have gotten, like, you might know if this person's in danger. Uh, right. You might know a full picture. I like that they leave it much more as a mystery for everyone yeah. to figure out. Right. So there's some episodes where it really is a mystery until, like, the last final, like, five to ten minutes of the show. Mm-hmm. And there's some some episodes where they make it abundantly clear at the beginning. It's kind of like a – it's almost like a Law & Order episode in that way. <laughs> you know, how like, like a Law & Order episode starts, and they could spend the whole episode trying to catch the guy who committed the crime. Or they could spend, like, five or ten minutes catching the guy, and then the rest of the episode is in the court. <laughs> so it's it's a little bit like that where it's like you just never know mm-hmm. until i mean it's they they just kind of mix that up a little bit yeah it's interesting that you mentioned redemption being the main uh main uh, theme of the show finch i don't think the the millionaire or billionaire or whatever mm-hmm. he is uh he's sort of an elon musk figure uh well a little, a little bit, except for the fact that he doesn't like to, like to actually be known publicly. Oh yes, yes. he's like secret. <laughs> very, Elon Musk. very reclusive. He, yeah, which is very interesting too. And I still don't feel like we going uh, getting through season one. You don't know much about him. Yeah, and you don't you don't get to know a whole lot about him in season one. Um, I think yeah, we're we're competing with several people. Um, <laughs> well, it's just one other show, unless there's another one I I don't know I, about. I, I think I think by the time you get to season 
by the time you get into season four, you know enough about Finch's backstory that you'll kind of you'll kind of get and understand where he's coming from. I think I think he does actually have. Um, I mean, the, what drives him to do what he does, I think, is a really compelling plot point. Right. So like he's mm-hmm. so originally he was he was kind of a silent partner in this major tech firm. And that's how he kind of made his billions of dollars. And his friend from MIT was kind of the face of the company. And the friend from MIT died. Uh and so uh and so then uh so he's basically trying to pick up the work that, that he did. So there's a there's a there's a question there about the relevant and irrelevant mm-hmm. uh, list. So that the machine just pick throws out a number, which is basically a social security number, to look into further. And they're either rel- they're either tied as relevant, meaning like there could be multiple lives lost, or irrelevant, which means it's just it's just not it's nothing that that really impacts national security. And it, and throughout the show, you don't really understand exactly what the algorithm for the for the machine is you kind of you kind of figure out that there's certain precepts that like that finch is programming into it and t- teaching it um but one of them is that we're, we don't care about irrelevant numbers like yeah. these these little petty crimes don't don't spit those out but it still is seeing it and it still is it can still throw it can still split them out in a different section. And so that's that's where his uh friend gets into. Uh and then he tries to shut it down, and then when he eventually gets him killed, he uh, he starts it up and does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh also for all you guys watching, please make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe. Uh if you like what we're doing here at plot lines. Uh, we'll probably be we'll probably be doing more person of interest as well as uh, Darren and I will probably be doing more book recommendations later this week. Uh, uh, De uh, uh if you know DeCrevy determined to be Catholic, will be on the show to discuss his book recommendations and what he's reading. So just so you guys know for future episodes coming up. Also, I hope you guys also listen to my latest episode with Vonde Radio. Uh, <laughs> Mark, I will tell you what to do. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, but anyway, so that was, and then also last week was Joseph Pierce, the th- uh, third Narnia book. Uh, we reviewed The Horse and His Boy, so check that out as well. Um, so so we have another character that is a main focus of the show, at least for the first season, is Detective Carter. Detective good- Carter is a very interesting character because she's not, mm-hmm. you know, we know she's a strong female character, mm-hmm. but, you know, unlike a lot of strong female characters in uh, TV these days, she's just, that's, she's still decently feminine as well as she's not like overpowered or anything like that. She like Jim Caviezel's character, John Reese is very much the savior in the show. So I think it's very realistic in that sense. Yeah. I think, 
I think part of the the purpose of her character too is to <clears throat> kind of strike a little bit of a balance there too. Like here you have these guys that are going out and doing this kind of vigilante stuff. And here she is somebody who is kind of she she's just a good cop. Like she's good. I mean she's a good uh like she's like she's kind of she kind of is the white knight to their dark knight kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like she she is meant to be kind of the the kind of the 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 one who the straight arrow of the of the bunch that is kind of like this is how things ought to be done like she's kind of pulling them with like this is how things ought to be done like this is what what needs to happen like this is how we do it legally and rightly to make sure that we are like things are sticking properly but at the same time there's there's a little bit in her storyline too that's like um that's a little bit like she she still needs to incorporate a little bit of the shadow like she being being good like you know it only works out so much like they're they're like when you're up against corruption and, and dirty cops and stuff like that as she eventually becomes um there's only so much you can do without you know like you when when everybody when you're playing fair and everybody's playing dirty it's kind of tough to how do you how do you even out the playing field and so she's but she's kind of um she's an interesting character in that sense that she she kind of plays more of that straight-laced role yeah. in comparative. So, like, while the storyline is redemption, she doesn't really have a redemption storyline. Yeah, she's the only one who really doesn't yeah. have that. And I think and I think that's important with the show to kind of point out, like, hey, we're not trying to show that everybody is fallible and like everybody is like the state. Like, there are good people. Like, this is you know, here's somebody who's good. Wait, um, she's perfect, Darren. Is well, that not per uh, that's not per I'm not trying to say that she's perfect, but like that—that that <laughs> here's somebody that that not everybody. Like you know, it's just like yes, some people don't always make that three or four bad decisions that like put them in a position where they feel like their ledger is red and like they can't they can't figure out how they're ever going to repay their debts to, you know, society. Like, I mean, that's that's part of what. You know, as future season, like that's part of what Jim Caviezel's character was going through. Like he realized he he became kind of started realizing like he wasn't really helping anybody. He was just taking marching orders, yeah, and just killing people. And it's like, well, that's like he started getting a conscience, and that's why he had to leave his former job. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh. It's also interesting that she is she's an antagonist for at least the first half of season one. Mm -hmm. So she has that uh, sort of dramatic or not dramatic, that slow build to her um, becoming more favorable to uh, Jim Caviezel's character. And I think I think something that you'll notice in the show, too, is that just because she kind of ceases being an antagonist does not mean that there aren't other antagonists that don't come and take her place so there's always going to be an antagonist in the show yeah. in, a, in a like a in a in a story arc that's making making stuff really difficult yeah there are there are often internal uh sort of internal within sort of this group that is forming that is supportive of the work that 
Jim and, uh, or sorry, John and Harold uh, are working on Harold's the millionaire. But yeah, so that's that's kind of interesting. Also, what is this? Sh this show brings an interesting view on like vigilante uh, work. So right. how should we view vigilante work? Because it it's also it's kind of it's just a TV thing. So yeah, so it's a TV show. So part of so this is I think is one of the more interesting pieces of it is because like it really is the part of the part of the show is really digging into some of the oral questions about, you know, the use of AI and surveillance in life. And so it's not just the vigilante stuff that we have to be asking about. It's also like the, the, I mean, in a digital age where like so much information is available and surveillance could, I mean, could be could be done like it it actually some of that is a little bit scary the way they're like oh this could happen like i don't know how much of that <laughs> is true but the idea that it could happen is it can sometimes be a little bit scary but like um but it it, it really propose like that's one of the things that it really does is it, it really tries to investigate that and i just think that the vigilantism is just kind of i don't know how else you can really portray a show like this otherwise like it unless unless you're doing something like a minority report kind of thing um how else could you do it how else are you going to be able to like oh we can guess that this is going to happen how do we stop it how do we like avert yeah. it like it's not they're not trying to do a minority report kind of thing but you you have to have some sort of vigilanteism and that vigilanteism i think is in some respects plays into that whole questionable morality of things like because there's certainly some and and even more so i think maybe in later episodes they're trying to be a little bit more specific with this but there's certainly situations that they get into where it's like well, who do we save how do we do it and and from uh you know harold's point like when he's 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 like he built the machine and it's like yes the machine can see a lot of stuff but at the same time like the reason why there's a number that's output is because he doesn't want the machine to determine what needs to happen. Yeah. And he's like, there needs to be a human element looking at the situation to determine how things need to proceed. And so the number is just really more of a way of saying more information needs to be looked into this. Yeah. Also, they're not like the thing about this AI is kind of interesting because it's so it's just numbers and that to me implies that it's just numbers that are even given to the government because this machine mm -hmm. not only works for them, but sort of, uh, but it, its main purpose is to prevent a terrorist attack. Because, right. Uh, this is post nine 11 and that's right. the big thing. It feels in some sense, very dated uh, the show uh, in that manner. Uh, right. Even though it is 2011, it seems it's decent. You know, it's about 10 years after uh, 9-11. Right. But that, it still makes sense to me that that would still be a major driving factor in, in culture and TV and stuff like that. But it's just very interesting that this is um, – that it only sends numbers even to the government. The gov I don't think the government is seeing all the video or anything. The machine is determining it without without – needing the government to like infringe on like all video. Yeah. You know, what's crazy about all this, you know, 
part you know what something is a little bit crazy about this what so I, I i just had to look i had to look at this so uh you know how they're talking about like oh the nsa is spying on you and like oh if if, if this got out you know this is you know what's crazy is that the whole snowden thing didn't happen until like until like 2013 or something like that yeah so, I mean, like, like it was, it's like, it's something that like, uh, and that, and that was that, I mean, that was part of the whole thing is like, he, uh, he like blew a whistle as saying, Hey, we're, we're, we're spying on you as citizens. And this whole, the show is, is basically using that as a plot point for like the first two years that the government spying on you before, before the Snowden thing even blew a whistle on it. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is that it seems like we, you know, you th- it, no. looking back on that, you think that that one preceded the other, but it did. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's uh, there's one thing that like it, that the, um, the TV show came after another thing, but we'll get to that in the, in the talking about it episode in the second season. But anyways, so it's definitely interesting that the, uh, the Snowden thing came after this whole storyline of the NSA is listening and um, you know tracking uh, U.S. Everything, citizens, yeah. and also not to mention the corruption uh, within you know not so much the FBI but the CIA and uh, the police and that sort of thing. It kind of is ahead of its time. Does it feel? Ahead I, of I, its I think time? I think it might have been. I don't know how ahead of its time. It was because here's the thing we like to look at that corruption and stuff like that in this very novel sense. But like when you read, when you read different books and novels about different things going on in U S history, there's always been a lot of corruption in a lot of those government agencies. And so it's just, it's just, it's just taking on a new form, a new, you know, group, a new group has kind of developed. It's just a, it's just a different way that it was. I don't know that it's really, I wouldn't say that's ahead of its time. I just think that it's just it's just kind of creating a different boogeyman for the sake of the show. Oh, yeah. um, but I I don't think that the the things that it's like uh, I don't think that the things that it's kind of representing are necessarily ahead of its time. I think I think they're there, but like you know, like a show that kind of does different conspiracy theories or something like that. Like sometimes there are certain conspiracy theories that are more compelling than others and make for good TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and unfortunately we live in a time where some of those conspiracy theories turn out to be true after like five or six like we discover that some of those conspiracy theories were not just theories they really were conspiracies well i think it also <laughs> just shows that people are like just full of goodwill when they're a part of an organization i you know that's and that's a difficult thing i think a lot of people have trouble with today is that you know, you think that you're part of an organization that's supposed to do good things, so everybody's going toward that same thing, and they're not. Yeah, it it's just interesting, especially to see it in such a dramatic way. Connor, I think he froze up. At least you did on my end. I think. Uh, 
you froze again. up you froze up there for a second on my yeah, sorry so, about that guys um we're back but anyways there there's a comparison with something like burn notice that uh it's definitely a different angle on uh the sort of dr- the sort of the um what is it corruption spy, spy corruption drama it seems like uh in burn notice it's it's more vague mm-hmm. on where the corruption is coming from and i actually feel like when we get to describe to talking about burn notice maybe that it it isn't really uh fleshed out or uh fully understood but at least but i feel like there's more of an understanding of who's leading this and w- what their motives are in in the show yeah sort sort of i I think some of that is still a little bit iffy. I, I don't I, I don't I don't think they really have a way they kinda have a way of kind of trying to get boogeyman within the government. I don't really think they really have a good boogeyman in that sense until about season four. Okay. But but they but it does develop, it does get a little bit better for that from that regard. But I think I think in the first three seasons, I think they're more focused on fleshing out some of the characters and some of these smaller uh, storylines. Yeah, it's not, it's of- not till the it's not till the second half of season three when it kind of shifts some of its. Um, Speaking of the um, of like the characters and their development, they are uh, especially Finch and uh, Reese because they are supposed to be this these um secretive characters mm-hmm. in the beginning they are they're they're our main characters but there are our least known characters which is kind of impressive to make some some these two characters really compelling but also unknown i think that's part of what makes them compelling mm-hmm. is the mystery of them that you don't really that as seasons progress you learn a little bit more about the history you'll learn you learn additional pieces about their backstory that help kind of explain why they are who they are. And I think one of the I think one of the more compelling things about Reese's character in general is the idea that he's looking for redemption and the thing what that Finch really offers him is uh, a purpose. And and that that idea that that those two things have to go along together. Like a person needs a goal, a purpose, an end, like something something to work toward. And that's something, and I think that's, I think that goes in line with kind of the, what we're talking about, like with the corruption and stuff like that. Like, that's what he realized. He thought he was working toward one end, and then he discovered that that end was not really the end that his employers were asking of him kind of thing. So it's like, so being able to have a more noble end in sight is what kind of helps him in some respects in early and in, in a couple of the early episodes like season like episode four of the first season um i really like how that one ends which one's where that he's, that's the one where the uh good doctor uh abducts her sister's killer oh yeah the way that ends where it's it just like it, it was really good it, it, it i mean it you don't know what happened with the showdown between him and reese but just the fact that, like, you could see, like, the, just this idea that um, 
Reese was still like trying to figure out like what kind of person he wanted to become to deal with some of this stuff. And, and I mean, what's important too, and you'll you'll discover. Uh, I don't want to ruin a later episode. Yeah, don't spoil. <laughs> stop spoiling things, Darren. I don't want to ruin a later episode, but it it really, but yeah, I mean that. I mean, in some respects, there's a later episode that helps kind of really um, shed more light on that episode. Yeah. Uh, and, and the way that, and the way that they, that, I think that's one thing that's really great too, is that with the, with great showing these little backstories and stuff like that, it requires a real consistency in the character throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes is really difficult to do. I mean, like with some other shows, like, uh, you know, like the office, I love the office, but like, the character progression, like the, the development of some of those characters, it, it, like either it's way too stagnant or it's like they've gotten like, there's no way that somebody would progress that far and still be working at like a failing paper company. <laughs> <laughs> like, and like, and this is, I mean, it's some of it, you know, it's just like, okay, like some of those character progressions are not consistent with um, some of that's just a convenience for the writing, but with, with this show, their character progressions have to be convenient. I mean, have to be kind of somewhat consistent because they're continually doing flashbacks to flesh out who that character is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. That episode also just the drama between like what what's he gonna do? Like he he's the, uh, Reese is definitely a dangerous character, and you mm-hmm. really can't you can't be totally sure that he's going to make the right decision. Yeah. I think, I think by the time, by the time he gets about halfway through season two, you do start feeling like he's a he's a really good character. He's but you're you're rooting that he is going to be making the right decision, and I think that's um, I don't think you've there's a there's a fifth character that gets introduced in the middle of to the toward the end of season two, oh. and she's and she's a really interesting character, uh, but. Uh, uh, I think I think she's introduced to kind of help bring a little bit more wild card sense to it. We're like, yes, we're we are they are really dangerous people who were previously mercenaries and like you know, they're still struggling to figure out what is right and wrong in a sense because they've kind of been deadened to that a little bit. Yeah. Also in that episode it ends it ends really interestingly because uh spoilers he put he uh brings that character or the the villainous character he puts him in a mexican prison that's the one right yeah yeah the he puts him in a mexican prison and uh detective carter calls the or goes either goes to the prison or calls the prison calls him yeah calls yeah that'd be way too much of a journey um but and asks how many Americans do you have in like this Mexican prison? And they're like, we have a few. <laughs> yeah. like, and like these characters are people that can be ba- could be bailed out by the American government because they're either powerful or um, they're useful to the government. And the only place he can put them that they won't is in another corrupt organization. What <laughs> is within another cor- corrupt organization? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just within an organization that doesn't care about them specifically. Right. Yeah. So it's it's that's a really 
awesome element to it. So also, we're mm-hmm. sorry. Where are you watching this show? Prime. Prime. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. I guess I guess we should tell people if they want to watch this show, they could yeah. go. They, if they're subscribed to Amazon Prime, they could watch it for free. Uh, through is it Freebo? Freebie? Free Free with, free free with commercial inter- few commercial interruptions. Yeah, and uh, my suggestion with commercials is just mute it. <laughs> <laughs> mute it, and you'll you won't be distracted, or you can look away, and you know that's my strategy with all commercials. So, anyways, I think it's a good one. But anyways, so it's a gr- it's really a fantastic, well made show. Also, not to mention. There are so many different uh, sort of villains that you run into mm-hmm. in the show. There's a lot of uh, corrupt cops. You've got the FBI hunting Reese because of his previous crimes. I don't. Yeah. I don't actually kind of get why the the FBI wants to clean up the CIA, which is weird. Yeah, it's it. Some of it. Some of it doesn't all make a whole lot of sense. There's basically. Well, the thing too is that like. So part of that is, so, yes, the CIA was protecting Reese because he was CIA, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened is now now they thought he was dead. Now he's on their radar again. And so now the CIA wants to find him. And so they're basic in some respects, you could say that they're utilizing the FBI to find him. They're just, so they're going to allow these open cases that have his fingerprint or some lost little trail nugget that leads back to him to be reopened and investigated. And that's really what Donnie represents is that he's, 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 he's trying to find these breadcrumbs and he realizes uh, he realizes that, yes, he's, this guy has a lot of training. He doesn't know, but like, he also realizes that he's definitely done some crimes in the, like he's committed some murders and stuff like that within the U S that, um, are technically considered open cases, like open homicides. So he's he's looking at it as like, hey, this guy, like he doesn't know really. Hey, these were all, I mean, and 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 because it's CIA and stuff like that, it's like, well, these were all kind of like, if you get caught, the CIA will not, you know, will pretend like nothing happened. So the FBI is not really chasing after the C- the corruption of the CIA. It's more the idea that the CIA basically allowed those cases to get reopened. So that they could potentially find him. Well, there is an episode where it seems like I don't. They don't really continue the storyline, but it does seem like the FBI is out to clean up, or not clean up, but trying to go after rogue missions of the CIA. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think I think they they might have gotten they might have gotten a little messy with some of that, but I think I think part of it. Was that um, because I think they kind of tampered that down to hey we're trying to we know that there's corruption within the NYPD and we want to clean that up. I think that's okay. I think they might have they might have gotten they might have gotten a little bit loose with their with their script writing there for a little bit. But okay, because that would I, been... I do I do think they kind of bring it back into let's bring it into the scope of what the FBI would would more reasonably be willing to do. But that would have been cool. That would be a cool storyline. Like, like, like these agencies going after one another. Yeah, I actually, I think that's a great, I think that's an amazing storyline. If if a show or a book or something were to do that, 
You don't, do you think so? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about all that stuff and I'm not, I don't, I don't deep enough into any of those conspiracy theory kind of stuff that I would, I really know if that would be compelling or not. Well, it's not, I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't know. Conspiracy theory to me, it just sounds like an interesting I, story. I think, I think it would be less, I think, I think to do it well, it, it'd be less about the actual agencies themselves and it'd be more about the the infighting between the different people within the agency and i think particularly when you watch like a different show like bird notice and stuff like that that's certainly different stuff that comes up is that you have these different uh i mean everybody thinks of them as the the chief jock kind of thing on the, on the government payroll and so yeah there's there's a little bit of that but i don't think i don't know that you could really go It'd be tough to go beyond that without getting really conspir- conspiratorial and stuff like that. Okay, fine. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. That may be a great show. I just don't know that I'd be I'd be one hundred percent interested in it. Well, at least the one thing about the the thing that they allude to though is that uh, his crimes on U.S. soil. That would be a crime by the CIA. Like that would be right, but the CIA uh, would would not acknowledge any like sanctioning of it. <laughs> so well, I mean, that, that goes to that just shows you something about the CIA. And he, and he's to. and he's and he's trained well enough to understand that and that like he could cry foul, but like there's not going to be anything that can be done to link him. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. That that's just a it's annoying when there's something illegal or something immoral done by the government and there's nobody to cry foul to to, because everyone else will just be like, yeah, okay. Who cares? I think there's, I think there's a few episodes that are really good, but I don't know how far along you are. I think once you get about halfway through season three and you'll understand what I'm talking about when it happens, I think we could probably do an episode because that's going to be, I think that's almost like the halfway point of the show itself. We mm-hmm. could go through kind of like, like the top five, like maybe my top five episodes, and be able to dig in a little bit deeper. To, I, I feel like right now we're we're beat. We're kind of sidestepping some of this stuff. Okay. To not because we don't want to do any spoilers, but I think once we get about halfway through season three, I, I feel like it becomes two different shows after really? about halfway through season three. And we can we can speak more openly between what happens in the first half and the second half of the of the series run. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think this episode I was also just mainly trying to get people to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hopefully, yeah. So one of the, like, I, like we mentioned, one of the things about the show is that it it there's a lot of like moral stuff in it, and the way that the machine is designed like the moral coding and stuff like that um this isn't something i've stumbled onto this is something that i've like i was i was like trying to read different stuff <laughs> before this episode and one of the things that they talked about is that um it really it really kind of um it does a great job of really kind of uh embracing kant's groundworks of the metaphysics of morals okay like the uh the maxim and the uh, categorical imperative, and I think that that probably that's probably a little bit more of a deeper nerdy talk later in the series because I think 
I think in the first few seasons, I think there's a little bit, it's more about developing the characters. I feel like in season four, it becomes really more about how the machine, like, uh, as we get further along, they start really talking about how the, the, the machine itself is designed and how he really tries to develop those moral judgments for the machine, how he tries to code in, like, what right and wrong is and what it should be searching for. Yeah, I think I got to a little bit of that, but yeah. it, it's not um, not very clear. Yeah. It's like, but the as, we, as we go along, though, that that's really, I mean, I think, I think they made a pretty good case in the article that I read that it's it's really kind of a an exposition on Kant's moral philosophy. What do you think about Kant's moral philosophy? I haven't read into it <laughs> for an opinion. Okay. <laughs> I'd, well, have to, I... I'd have to do a little more studying on it. I have the book. I haven't ever actually read it and studied it. Well, that's your assignment. Uh, there we go. Uh, I give uh, Darren homework. That's that's part yeah, of the show. Yeah, I guess I'll, it's on my reading list. Yeah. Uh, that will that be part of your book recommendations in the future? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I will. We'll never stay tuned. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, uh, we. Uh, Darren and I did a book recommendations episode one where we just talked about what we were reading and in the future we'll do, you know, other book recommendations. Uh, you know, just, uh, I think Darren General. and I are going to do fiction, uh, starting out, uh, fiction, uh, top 10 or something like that, at least from Darren. I don't know. I, I, think, I think I could do like top 20 or top. 15. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm gonna you can get there. Me a, a little more time. I think I I need more time to read, uh, but eventually maybe we'll get to like I want to do this with a bunch of different uh, YouTube personalities and stuff like that. I want to talk to them about what they're reading, mm -hmm. and what their favorite books are, and that sort of thing. Because I want I want people to I can so, pare it down to ten. That'd be no problem. You don't need to. <laughs> we could do we could do a top twenty, but like the we could do a back ten. And then the episode after that, we could do the top ten. There we go. Yeah, so we could do that. We don't need to pare down. We need we uh we need more content on this channel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so um, anything else to hi uh, you want to specifically highlight from the first season? Uh not really. I. I tell you what, even even when I go back and watch this, again, I've watched this like the whole series maybe three times. And like the first season, I think the first season just kind of gets things started. Like there's there's different things that just happen in it that are like the it's it's the first and second season kind of blur together a little bit in my mind. Still, mm -hmm. uh, because like I said, like they're about halfway through the third season, it's it's gonna it's going to uh that the whole sh the show kind of shifts to a whole different kind of approach yeah Although, um, uh just so you guys know it's uh you know it's an action show so there's a decent amount of violence and that sort of thing yeah so maybe uh, don't like be having your kids watch i mean it's not like it's not like a gory violence but it's still it, yeah. it's still it's still some uh, situations that are probably beyond their understanding it's also it's very much uh very few sexual 
you know, uh, encounters, I would say. More, more into window than actual encounters, yeah. More what? More into window than actual encounters. Yeah, so it's relatively clean. I would say. I mean, it was it was it was on a CBS Prime slot, so they had to remain somewhat semi clean. It's not yeah. like it was an it's not like it was an HBO series where yeah. they you know where they're going to show that the guy also has this like deep you know sexual affliction that he needs to like <laughs> <laughs> like they can only make the characters so broken. Like for primetime TV. Like there's one episode where uh, um, a non married couple or not couple non-married uh two people you know a man and a woman uh are staying in what happened connor (laughs) so yeah hopefully connor will be back on momentarily i'm not really much of a show host sorry about that (laughs) Darren. My computer like crashed on me. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I'm not really much of a show host. <laughs> He'll be back, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for holding down the phone. Yeah, hey, no problem. Um, what I was saying is that two, these two characters are, are staying in one place, and in any other show, I feel like they would have had them sleep together, basically. Yeah. But instead, they play cards. Or they play poker and sm- smoke cigars and um, and well, they like certainly. That. I mean, they're cert- Well, I mean, first of all, they are surveilling on their neighbors, so they can't be like too involved with each other. But also, another but show. also, but also, there are definitely some episodes where the reoccurring uh, guest star shows up, where they definitely imply that that's exactly what they're doing with each other. <laughs> It's definitely implied in other episodes, uh, even though they're not really showing anything going on. Like it's, it's definitely implied. Well, I'm I'm holding on to you know the things I can hold on to. <laughs> don't uh, don't take that away from me. Yeah, you're you're just trying to spoil it, aren't you? Well, I don't know. You're you're I'm a Debbie Downer. You're an Eeyore. <laughs> That's exactly what I am. That's exactly my. My Meyer Briggs personality type is exactly the same as Eeyore. <laughs> oh, <good laughs> puddle glove. My um, mine is uh exactly Tolkien's. Oh, nice. And Shakespeare. There so, you go. Except for I'm a little uh, what's the um? It's not Myers Briggs actually. It's like the twelve personality, whatever that is. The uh, file or something. Oh, that the uh, I don't know what it is, the Flynn. I think it's just called Twelve Personality. I don't know what it's called. Uh, well, maybe you should take it, and then we can talk about it. Uh, I'm gonna, in no, that's that's Anthony's thing. I'm not. I'm not that <laughs> interested in it. You're not interested in uh, yourself and what your tendencies are. I I'm interested in that. I'm not interested in talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. Uh, yeah. But anyways, also the interactions between the characters is just a lot of fun. Harold Her- uh, uh, Finch and John Reese, the two main characters, are just bounce off of each other really well. There are occasional no. times when uh, either well when uh, Reese is spying on Finch. 
And I just think it's hilarious. This is just this is just common thing. He's bored, basically. Reese is bored, so he buy, spies on his boss. Yeah. And he doesn't even figure anything out. Yeah, well, it just shows you how, how truly reclusive he's learned to become. It's, it's quite impressive. If I, it, I mean, for, for being a billionaire and to have so little be to, sorry, ex, uh, so little detail of his life to be known publicly is quite impressive. But also, also note that he's been like working on this program <laughs> for like 10 years of his life that is basically super invasive into everybody's life. And he's like, ah, I don't want it to be seeing me. Yeah, <laughs> so that is- he's probably he's probably gotten very good at it by this point. Like he probably learned how to do that while testing out like the, the limitations of his machine. So. That's probably part of it too, is he's learned how to scrub himself from a lot of um, easy spying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I didn't think about that. How like crazy it is that he's basically this recluse, but he's uh, he's trying, he's figuring out, or he's been figuring out a way to figure out everything about everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I there's a. <laughs> uh, Shoot, I just, I can't, I can't say, like, I know you're in the middle of season two, but I don't know how far you are. So there's certain things I can't say. Hold your horses. I know. Yeah, and I want to say it. I was like, oh, well, it's kind of like, I was like, ah, he's not there. I don't know. (laughs) No spoilers. I know. I don't want to. But yeah, no, it's, not to mention, it also seems that he, um, what is it? He's an interesting character, definitely. I had something. I can't remember what it was. Well, what's interesting, too, is uh, if you've ever... I don't know if you've noticed this yet, but every time he has to give a name, he, uh, he's, he's a different bird. Oh, Crane. French. Wren. No. Oh, Wren. Yeah, that, that's interesting. That That's also kind of interesting. So it, how does he, like... How does he own these companies? So, so it's very clear that, like... Finch is a pseudonym, like it's not his real name. Well, so is Reese. <laughs> Reese is not. His I mean, real name. it's not. But like, yeah, like both of them are are working off of names that aren't really theirs. Yeah, would I? I hope. I wonder if we'll know by the end of the we show. We don't. Uh-huh. We don't. Sorry. Well, that's a that's a mean spoiler. <laughs> Just, just keep hoping. How could you not know? If, if especially if they go in back in the storylines and stuff like that. Also, it seems like he was, like Harold was a fake used a fake name when he started in college too. Yep. Like he's. Yeah, you he, haven't gotten to that episode yet. Like he has never been himself. He has been. You haven't gotten to that episode yet. Okay, but wouldn't that reveal his <laughs> name? Nope. But it well, does. Uh, it does. It does, it does reveal kind of his. It reveals his love of birds, like it's. It really is a beautiful backstory. Okay. When you get to it, it is. It is really. It is really good. It shows. It reveals his love of sto- birds. It is it his desire to create a, a a computer like an AI to like help like that will help people. Which so is weird because he's not real. I mean, his AI that he created 
I mean, it's I mean, to stop terror. I mean, it is to help people. It's to stop terrorist attacks and people from dying. But like, but it's not. But I mean, it, it probably isn't as altruistic as maybe he would have originally desired to build an AI system for. Well, that's the oh, I was but, but that but that's also part of that's also part of his burden is that he looks at what he created as a crime against humanity. Yeah, it's and he doesn't he doesn't really. He, he he thinks he thinks that what he created is is a tremendous hubris of yeah. human action, and so he's always he's always very concerned about he's he's exceedingly concerned about the morality and consequences of what he actually created and what he did, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, sometimes it's like why doesn't your machine do this? And that's always his answer is like because. I got so deep in this thing and I was like, I don't want it to become something that can't be like the human. It, it shouldn't control humanity. Like it needs to have a limit. Yeah. So anyway, that's where, that's where the character of root comes in really, really mm-hmm. good. Like that, yeah. that that's, that's what makes her character fascinating. It's because she looks at this as just this miracle of technology that, is is being kneecapped and handicapped like oh my gosh this is just amazing we need to we need so much more of this and as the show progresses i think you'll see that she kind of comes to 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 really discover no spoilers how... no spoilers <laughs> <laughs> anyway she's a she's a great character for the show yeah she's also she, a psycho she is a psycho then that she's not the only psycho on the show that character has yet to be revealed to you <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there's there's multiple psychopaths that have yet to be revealed. <laughs> I do like uh before we uh wrap up, I do like the fixer in the show. She's a very uh, fun and interesting character. I almost I, wish yeah. she would. I wish she was in it more. Uh I think I think she's in it an appropriate amount of time. And okay. I mean I think I think she's she has she has several gifts guest spots i think she's in an appropriate amount of time where you know she's she's aiding them and helping them but not really being a part of their group like this okay i think that's and you know it's one of those things too it's like i'm not sure that i mean i mean for what they do it's not like they want to get her too involved and want her to be too close to things like she's she provides she provides a completely different kind of intelligence to To what they have to offer because she knows the politics and the she does she understands the people in the way that the machine does it and that's mm-hmm. what makes her character really compelling yeah and then the final thing the kind of ridiculous element of it one of the ridiculous elements of the show because there are some parts that are unrealistic obviously i mean yeah. i mean yes there are many parts that are unrealistic i mean i mean the convenience of being able to have a security camera at this one location to help, like, you know, like some of that stuff. <laughs> it's like, yes, some of, this is, some of this gets to be a little bit like, especially in 2011, it's, it's like, yeah, okay, really, guys? But, like, at the same time, like, that's part of what the show is, is it's trying to show you that a society that is, has all this stuff available could really be, I mean, it, it it doesn't do that well in the early seasons, but again, uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> uh, this is that's probably I think people will enjoy that part of the of our show. Just Darren trying not to spoil things. I was just like ah, I was like ah, 
Because I bet a lot of people who watch will watch this episode will have already seen all of the other uh, seasons. Season, I, I I tell you, I was starting to watch season four, and the first time I saw it, I was like, "This is I'm not liking the storyline. I'm not liking all the like way it's going." And as I'm rewatching it, I'm like, "These this is some of the best." But like, I think part of the reason why it wasn't enjoyable at the time is because it's not the same. One of, one of the problems with this show as it goes along and and right now you're kind of binge watching it but like <laughs> one of the problems with the show as it goes along is it does kind of feel a little bit like the 18 the what? after like the 18 after a while you know like so the 18 only lasted five seasons i've never seen that the 18 with yeah ba baracus and hannibal and face nope all right. Well, that's your next show to watch. Okay. Uh, You're just gonna make me watch TV. Right. So the but the A team <laughs> but the A team is kind of so it's you know the misfit of like the well not really they're not really misfits but like they're they're Boys. four people who were accused of war crimes and then they escape and then they go around doing good for other people. Right. Interesting. So the thing about the A team is that the writing got lazy over the years. Like. After a while, every show basically is the same. Like, it's following the same basic, like, thing. Mm -hmm. And so, to the point where, like, you can tell episodes that are er in the early seasons and episodes that are in the later seasons. Because by the time the later seasons came along, each one of the characters had, like, a catchphrase or a tagline. And they forced it into every episode. <laughs> and sometimes it was, and sometimes it didn't fit, but they got it in there. And so <laughs> that's funny. So it's just so there is a little bit of that in the first two or three seasons. You kind of get the idea that they some of what they try to mix up with some of the stuff is they don't want it to be the A team. Okay. And and I think I think when they mixed it up around season three, I think they went. I think they did a good job. It's just that they went way too. They went way too intellectual for a show series, for gotcha. what it what from what it was, and that it kind of it kind of killed it. So, so Jonathan Nolan, the guy I think who that would be perfect for you though. Well, and that's what I'm saying. When I'm rewatching it, like this is really good. But when I'm rewatching, <laughs> I'm like, ah. But Jonathan Nolan, the one of the co-creators for the show series, it's Jonathan Nolan and J.J. Abrams. His brother is. Christopher Nolan, I was and Chris Nolan is the creator of Westworld, right? This other sh like sh world where like this AI kind of stuff is <laughs> where you go and then you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So, gotcha. So, uh, yeah. Right. So what I was saying, what I was gonna get to, I didn't. Uh, get to the most sort of ridiculous thing to me is that these numbers that they always get they're never outside new york pretty much or never outside they like, always they always seem to be in new york yeah yeah which is ridiculous it's like this is a security system for the entire united states uh so nobody gets premeditatedly killed in chicago but to be fair it's finch that reviews the number and says we have a new number so you actually don't know how many numbers he's receiving that he's saying I can't do anything about it because we're in New York. Well, not And that's really. something that's something that you never actually see. Like you don't and and also 
Not until I, the next season. You do. I mean, spoilers a little bit for next season, this or the second season. There is a time when when uh when someone else is receiving the information and it's um and it's still New York. Right. Well, that's exactly. So that's the thing. You have to believe that the AI system is also giving that information to people who can actually do something about it. Like to people in Chicago? Right. But I mean, that that kind of... But no one would know to look. Okay. This is a season five spoiler, so I can't say anything. Okay, fine. (laughs) This is is where we have to wrap it up, I guess. (laughs) Right. Uh, Unless you have anything else to add about the first season. I don't have anything to add. I feel like this is, for my part, I feel like I was kind of sloppy with this. Hopefully, if we do another episode about this, hopefully you'll be far enough along we can maybe talk about some of the maybe five episodes that I thought really kind of grabbed the spirit of the show really, really well. Don't be uh, hard on yourself. We It was great. We did a great job. <laughs> right. I bet everyone would say the same. The, the Ex- two people in our chat who may or may not still be here. Well, there's now four. Okay. Well, not but not to mention, um, I disappeared. Yeah, and I, I, I I'm not a host, so I'm not, I, I don't know what to do. You talk, Darren. You talk. That's what you do. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe if you want to support. Oh, everything else is over now. We we cornered the market, <laughs> and we're into. <laughs> What? Ailey, Ailey just says oh. everything else is over now. We have the cart market cornered and we're ending. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> Thank you all for watching. Just go back. If you and... haven't, if you haven't seen or just rewind and watch it. Yeah, you can just go back. It's, you know, you know, you don't have to um you don't have to watch live anyways. I, I it's fun to have live people, but also Darren and I are great in the past as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Please support our ch- or support the channel and um, have a great rest of your evening. God bless. <laughs>